Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This is the Action Network Podcast. It's good for the win. All right, here we go. From the 10, throwing end zone. Spectacular catch. They're saying it's a catch. Touchdown. You see, most gamblers, when they go to gamble, they go to win. Oh, my God. That's incredible. Big bank, small bank, I like to make money. All right. That is the ultimate kibosh. You want to bet? And we are underway. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast. I am your host, Chris Raybon. This is your NFL Week 9 betting preview with odds courtesy of BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network Podcast. I am joined, as always, by my Action Network colleague, the Prime Minister of Degenerate Nation, one of the best bettors I know, Stucky. Stuck, what's going on? Not much. Fresh off uh, a losing NFL week, I'm I'm rolling everywhere else. I, I did. I'm just glad we got out of October. I mean, I had <laughs> my best month ever. I've been NFL for 15 years from a closing line value perspective. I I graded almost no bets as bad bets. I mean, I had the Chiefs against the Titans, a couple Eagles bets. That's it. I mean, last weekend I just needed one of Minnesota plus two and a half, which closed minus four and a half to cover, or the Colts. <laughs> in overtime, and neither got there. I mean, the Colts game in overtime. I mean, I don't know how many overtime games I can lose this year. We this on our six pack alone, I've gone zero and four in overtime over the past month. And again, that game that game was plus one, it closed minus three. But that game flipped on a play that I've never seen happen before in the NFL, where fourteen seven Colts pick off the Titans are running it back into Titans territory. Guy tears his ACL, he's out for the year, so he drops the ball. Yeah, Titans recover. That was on third and long. So they recover, so they get a first down. So not only is it not a pick, not only is it not a punt, it's a first down, and the next play, busted play, touchdown. Um, so that was a brutal swing. But you'll have a month where that goes go for you. Uh, I just really want to win an overtime game. But uh, who cares? Let's move on to week nine and find some winners. Let's get into the Thursday night football matchup. But before we do, uh, a couple of quick reminders. First, if you plan to bet on any sport ever and you still have not downloaded the free award-winning Action Network app, what are you doing? It's got betting tools. It lets you shop for the best lines. It's got analysis from myself, Stucky, the whole Action Network team. And most importantly, it lets you track every bet that you make. Second, if you need to reference our Sunday six-pack picks anytime, all you have to do is use the Action Network app and follow Sunday six-pack because we use that account to track those picks every Friday. And finally, we asked for podcast reviews. You guys came through for us in a big way. Really appreciate you guys. So thank you. We have uh, four winners for some free Action Network swag. Uh, you guys can email podcast at actionnetwork.com to claim your prizes. Uh, and I'll read the names out now. It's John Mitch Four. Thank you, John Mitch. Sam Daddy. Uh, thanks, Sam Daddy. Thanks to at Joe Brandow. 
And then last but not least, thank you to MCOB0215. You guys can, again, email podcasts at actionnetwork.com to claim your prize. Uh, and thanks again to everybody who's been leaving us the reviews. Please keep, keep it up. It uh, really helps us out. But without further ado, let's get into our Thursday night football matchup for week number nine. It's not the best game, but it's the only game tonight. Let's bet Thursday night football. All right, Duck. So we have the New York Jets fresh off your boy, your boy, Mike, Mike White. White Nation. <laughs> like your literal boy who you talked up on the pod and, and picked the Jets, who not only covered, but won the game outright. Going up now against the Indianapolis Colts. Colts are 10 and a half point favorites at BetMGM. Total is 46 and a half. My initial thoughts on this game, I, I, I think the number is still too high for the Colts. Um, you know, not going to expect the Jets to do what they did every week. It was an obvious flat spot for Cincy, as you pointed out last week. I still think the number is a little bit too high. Um, we do know Thursday night favorites tend to have success, though. Uh, and I also think the total is a little too high. Uh, but but what, what are your thoughts on this one? Yeah, Mike White came through in a big way last week. Uh, by the way, I didn't get a chance to say you you swept the, the Sunday six-pack, and you had a couple bad uh, overtime beats as well. Yet, we're still, I think, 57.5% on the, on the season for every pick given out. I mentioned last week that I was thinking about going with the Jets on the money line bar. Oh, my God. We almost hit another one. I know. Ah, I should have. I know. Uh, hey, we're still like, yeah, I think Saints. we're like 500 or something like that. Because I think I'm five of eight and you're four of eight. Or or either, or either that or we're both five of eight. But either way, we're, we're like above 500 straight up, I think, in money line dogs, yep. uh, which, which is obviously super profitable. Um, and, you know, it's funny. Speaking of Thursday night, before we get into this matchup, just as a little tangent, since you know how you always want, you know, try to stay away from Thursday night football. So you got to do things to kind of make it interesting. Last weekend, the only action I ended up having on that Thursday night game, the Packers Cardinals was this Mercedes Lewis under, because I was like, we're never getting a higher Mercedes Lewis under. It was like 18 and a half or something. Cause Devante was out. So I decided to go to a bar. We end up sitting at the bar to eat instead of, you know, sitting at like a booth. And so I'm trying to watch this game. I'm trying to like make sure Mercedes Lewis isn't on the field. And this just drunk guy just keeps talking to me, uh, you know, about different shit. And then come to find out he's the like a, original lead singer of Motley Crue that got kicked out uh, of Motley Crue because like the rest of the band didn't like him and they thought he was too much of a hippie. And like he kept like pointing this out and like he showed me like all these Google articles about him. And then like I just I was like I had to like clarify with the bartender. I'm like, is that really him? Because it was kind of like one of these like neighborhood bars. She's like, no, it is really him. So, you know, shouts to him. Um, but that was funny. I was just like trying to watch this Mercedes Lewis, like looking for 89 on the field. And this guy, this guy from Motley Crue, uh, the original keeps uh, keeps interrupting me. So, so that was fun. Uh, I had a friend. I had a friend. In, that's amazing, by the way. I had a friend in town. We went to the bar for uh, to watch the World Series and then the Sunday night football game. And um, I was obviously sitting there with a luckily I teased the Vikings too, but I had Vikings plus two and a half, which I thought was a lock, which it, it should have been. Was you got like six the, points of closing line value or something like that. Yeah. Seven, but who's counting? <laughs> right. um, I couldn't stop Cooper Rush, but uh, at the end of the game, but I was watching the game and I'm sitting there with my friend and there's a, every better will know this feeling that I'm about to explain. I'm not a yeller or anything like that. There's a, a Cowboys fan in like a Cowboys jacket, Cowboys jersey, Cowboys hat that's like sitting midway through the bar. So, and he's not saying anything the whole game because they've trailed the entire game until the last 30 seconds. And 
then the Cowboys took the lead and he is just going, woo, and I'm sitting there with a, like a ticket that just lost in horrific fashion. And I was like, I'm going outside. I'm going to go have uh, a cigarette and I'm calling an Uber. There's nothing worse than that feeling. But, what are your thoughts on his Jets game though? Yeah. I mean, I think it is a tad high Mike White nation. We'll see how he plays in the follow-up game to what he did last week. The Jets look, the Bengals never adjusted. There was a lot of short passes, a lot of passes in the flats. Like you can do a little bit of that against the Colts, but what the Jets have been doing on defense, you look at their defense and you say, "How how is this defense doing anything?" Right? Like you look at their secondary, it's just um, a hodgepodge unit of uh, names that you should be getting stops. But their defensive line is playing really well. You know, if you look at Williams and rankings and Fadukasi and Huff, like if you look at pass block win rates and run block win rates, they're all near the top in the top ten. So the defensive line is doing a lot, but that could be neutralized here by the Colts offensive line. I believe Quentin Nelson's going to play. He is questionable. So it's hard for me to see the Jets getting many stops here. I think it's a tad high, but it's an awful spot. Like you just beat the Bengals as, you know, it's basically like your Super Bowl of the year. You're not going anywhere. Short week on the road. Uh, do, as long as I think the Colts show up, they should win this game. Um I make this around like eight or nine. So there's a little bit of value in the Jets, but it's not a game I'm rushing to bet. Again, I have to really love a Thursday night game to get involved. Um, so for me, this is a, a pure pass. Yeah, I have it at eight and a half, but uh, I do know that, you know, and it's tough to adjust for this because, again, you know, fate, we don't like betting on, on big favorites anyway. But, you know, we, we've talked about this. Thursday night favorites, um, you know, tend to tend to hit at about 60% rate. So it's and especially when they're favored by a touchdown or more, it, the percentage goes up a couple points. But this is just too many points for me. I, I think this Jets team is gonna is like a high variance team. Like you don't know what you're gonna get sometimes from week to week. And then the Colts, I, I mean, I just I, they should be better. Like than they they should be better than their record. Or you know, essentially. Yeah, I mean, they should have beat the Ravens. They should have yeah. beat the Titans. Yeah, that's what I mean. They, like, they should be better than their record. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. But at the same time, you know, you mentioned the Jets defense. It's playing well. The, the, both of these teams are coming off games where they just put up 30 and their opponent put up 30. I, I think we could see some regression in just one of those ugly, ugly Thursday night, especially first half. The Jets are 26th in first half pace. The Colts are 23rd. The Colts are also 31st in situation neutral pace. And the Jets are 26th. So this could just be a slow paced game where, you know, maybe, you know, Ty Johnson doesn't do a brilliant toe tap and get to the end zone and all these different things that, you know, went right for, for, for the jets on offense last week and uh, for the Colts. So I'm thinking about a, maybe a first half wonder um, because I, I just don't want any part of like Carson Wentz and Mike white in the second half, you know, turnover wise. But uh, I think I might, I might jump on a first half under just kind of play to that ugly Thursday night game in some regression. Cause I think we're getting like a extra point, point and a half on this total uh, just because of this, those high-scoring games for both teams last week. Yeah, don't hate it. All right, uh, that's going to do it for our Thursday night football breakdown. Let's get into our Week 9 Sunday six-pack presented by our friends at the Athletic Brewing Company. Thirsty for action? Let's crack open the Sunday six-pack. All right, Stuck, as you mentioned, uh, good week for me in the six-pack. You caught some bad beats, but felt good to sweep after going over the prior week and uh, felt good to cover with Sam Darnold. 
after weighing points with them on the road the week before. So uh, we're on to the next uh, 26-23. I'm up, and you got first pick. Where are you going? Uh, yeah, my first pick of the Sunday six-pack for week nine is the San Francisco 49ers minus one at BetMGM. I love this pick. I love this pick. I've been waiting for this bet ever since, you know, I talked about my October. I had a bunch of dogs that like were the better team that didn't cover is like big numbers. This was one of them. And I watched that entire San Francisco, Arizona game. Arizona ended up winning by seven. Thanks. You know, they were outgained 5.7 to 5.1 yards per play. They were outgained overall. 49ers went one of five on fourth down and were stopped at fourth and goal at the one by about an inch. And they just couldn't overturn it. They kept Murray in check. They ended up losing by seven with a ton of injuries in a game where Trey Lance had to make his first career start. And they should have won. They were the better team. I was could not wait to get the San Francisco team on the comeback when they these two teams met again, which is this weekend. Now, I mean, before the year, I had the San Francisco significantly better than Arizona. I've obviously bumped Arizona up, bumped San Francisco down some, but still made this game – around a coin flip before all of the news that has come out recently. Um, now I make San Francisco close to a field goal favorite would lay up to a field goal in this game. Um, just because of some of the matchups, the situation, all the uncertainty around Kyler Murray's injury. I don't, I actually think there's a chance he doesn't play. You yeah, know, they're, absolutely. they're seven and one. Why risk longer term injury here? Try and nip it in the bud. The same thing with DeAndre Hopkins. He always plays. Like he just, what is that AJ Green quote? He's like, cop always plays. Doesn't matter. Doesn't practice. But it's still a hamstring. It, it can just pop up at any time as it did in that game against the Packers. So that's, that can still linger. AJ Green also just went on the COVID list five minutes ago. So this offense decimated. And I just, Kyler Murray, even if he does play, if he doesn't play, it's a huge drop off, obviously, to Colt McCoy. But even if he does play, he has a serious ankle injury. He's in a boot. Kyler Murray not being able to be mobile is a completely different Kyler Murray. And this is a completely different offense. I mean, his mobility is one of the things that makes this offense go. The 49ers already in the past, you look at their past matchups, know how to kind of keep him in check. You know, you're getting D Ford back. You're getting a couple pieces back. Your corners are as healthy as they've been in a while. Got some injuries at safety, but the 49ers know how to contain this Arizona offense. And now you're dealing with all these injuries on the other side of the ball, San Francisco's offensive line, now fully healthy. George Kittle should be back. George Kittle being back doesn't just help in the pass-catching game. It helps in the running game, too. It's one of the best run-blocking tight ends in the NFL. You have a bunch of backs now that are healthy. You can attack this Arizona run defense, which is 22nd in success rate. They're giving up 4.9 yards per rush. That's second worst in the NFL. And now you don't have J.J. Watt, who was one of their best run defenders on the defensive line. Cardinals, huge third-down regression coming. A lot of third-down regression coming on the defensive side of the ball. Negative .589 EPA per play on late downs. 30% success rate on fourth downs. We talked about that Chargers fourth-down regression coming on the offensive end. The Cardinals, we saw it with this 49ers team, went one of five on fourth and shorts in that game. That's coming here. Um, I think that this is the time that we start. We're about to start to see the 49ers that we were expecting at the beginning of the year. You know, they went on the road and they got that win against the Bears. They're starting to get healthier. I think they're going to come back. They're going to beat the Cardinals here. They're going to beat the Rams next week, making that call now. And you're going to have this 
this really competitive division that we expected. So this is a great spot to get the 49ers before all the injuries. Now you throw in all the injuries on Arizona side. Uh, I love it even more. Give me the 49ers, anything up to a field goal. Yeah, they're minus one at BetMGM. This line opened, I think it was plus two and a half or plus three. So hopefully you get some uh, some good luck this week after you got all the closing line value last week and, and the Vikings just choked that game away. I mean, that was, that was horrible. Uh, but I agree. I, I think the 49ers, this is always a spot, right, that you want to back the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan as an underdog, as a favorite, he covers like 40% of the time. As an underdog, he covers like 60% of the time. You know, it's this is it's one of those things. It's kind of like the Daniel Jones home road splits almost. You know, it's it's just Kyle Shanahan in these spots. This is when he can do what he can do. I, I know now they're a slight favorite, but uh, yeah, we'll go with, we'll go with the money line here since that's minus one ten. I agree. Shanahan, you don't want to back him as like a favorite. And what would we say favorite like over a field goal? He's been hard in that spot. But I think that this is just the perfect spot to get the 49ers. It's a great matchup for them. We saw it when they were less healthy and the Cardinals were healthier on the road. And again, they were the better team. Now, you know, the, the roles are reversed. You're at home here. And again, it's four-year season. The Cardinals are sitting pretty. That might influence some injury. That be, you know, might influence them to sit Kyler Murray. Then all of a sudden, you're going to see this line rise to, you know, San, Fran, San Francisco minus six. If – Kyler is ruled out. Would you still take it to a field goal or would you take it past that? I would take it up to two and a half if Kyler, even if Kyler is playing. I'm assuming that he's not going to be 100%. That's why. So okay. that assumption's not going to change. If Kyler Murray doesn't play, I would play, I think it gets ugly. I would play the 49ers up to minus five and a half. Gotcha. If, if Murray doesn't play, and even if Murray does play, I think this might be a blowout. This is just a, a beautiful spot for the 49ers and all of the health issues for the Cardinals. It's really just going to limit their offense and some regression coming on defense. And it's just not a great matchup for their defense. And with AJ Green going on the COVID list, I mean, we've seen this before, you know, he's in the receiver room with DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. Rondale Moore, Christian Kirk, yeah. the keys to their offense, whether Kyler Murray is healthy or on the bench, they become even more important. So if any of those guys is a close contact, or I, I mean, you know, as you mentioned, this is happening as we're recording. So I don't know, you know, I don't think we have enough details to, to, to speculate, but, you know, that's just something to point out that if you take this line here at minus one, I think there's a really good chance that you're getting closing line uh, value on this. Realistically, this line could close San Francisco minus 10-ish. If Let's just talk about the worst case scenario. The whole the receiver room gets COVID. So you have like Hopkins, Green's already on the list, like more out. So then Arizona says, all right, our receivers are out. Our quarterback's kind of banged up. We're sitting, Murray. Why risk him here? So now you have Colt McCoy in a poverty wide receiver group. I mean, this line is going to uh, go pretty crazy. Yeah. Wouldn't get the 10, but it would get to like a touchdown. Let's see who the Cardinals have on their practice squad. Greg Dortch is going to beat the line by a touchdown. I think he's on the practice squad. The most electrifying player in college football. Guess who? Greg Dortch. He's got Dortch. Wide open Dortch. What an individual effort by Greg Dorch. Greg Dorch. Yeah, we have Greg Dorch, Andre Basilia. Those are the, those look like the two wide receivers on the practice squad, and they probably use like some Chase uh, Chase Edmonds in the slot or something like that. <laughs> they might have to call up Larry Fitzgerald with Colt McCoy throwing on the ball. <laughs> uh, all right, yeah, no, I I like this one. It's prob- more likely than not, get some good closing line value here. Uh, yep. For my first pick in the week nine Sunday six pack and the second overall pick, I am going with the Atlanta Falcons plus six at 
the New Orleans Saints, it is time to get ugly. We're going to start early with an ugly Falcons team that could not move the ball on the Panthers last week. Love this spot for the Falcons. First of all, we don't even know who the Saints quarterback is going to be. We're giving up six points at home. Uh, second of all, this is a major letdown spot for the Saints. And remember, I picked them on the money. They were my money line dog pick last week to upset the world champion Tampa Bay Bucks. They did it. Uh, now I'm picking against them here uh, at home against the Falcons. You look at Sean Payton uh, since 2014 as a home favorite. 22, 32, and one against the spread, just 41%. Um, and struggles even more coming off some of these wins. Um, actually, they beat Tampa Bay early in the year last year. They come out the next week and lose to Vegas in that first matchup. 34, 24 the next week is a favorite. So this New Orleans team, you look how they played against Seattle. Geno Smith is that quarterback. I think they closed like minus five, minus five and a half, something like that. And, and they win by three. It was a tough game. You know, the, the other spot, where they were a, a favorite against, what was it, Carolina? Yeah, they were favorite against Car- Carolina, and uh, and they get blown out. Like, they're 0-2 as a favorite by more than a field goal this year. And that was the week after they blew out the Packers. Right, yeah. So, classic letdown spot for the Saints. And I'll give them credit. They had they did have a game where they blew out the Bucks the second time last year, and then they came back and won, I think it was 27-13 against the Niners. But I think we were both on the Niners in that game, and the Niners had that game, had the cover at least, and I think they turned it over – in the in the oh red my zone, God. like two or three they, times and then muff punts they had two muff punts yeah. they lost so if you're just looking at these spots for the saints um you know even at niners game i know it's it, look on the scoreboard it's 14 point game but just another game where i kind of chalk it up and say okay the niners were the, the right side to have in this one um more often than not you're going to win uh betting against the saints in these spots uh, this is just a, you know, the Falcons, listen, this is not a bet on the Falcons, uh, Calvin, but I think the market is overreacting to Calvin Ridley being out to them struggling in a, against the Panthers, which it was kind of predictable coming off this just cake plate of games against the, you know, they're playing the Dolphins and the Jaguars or the Jets. I mean, the Giants, you know, it was just a, a cake slate of, of matchups. They had a reality check. Now they're going to come back. I think it's going to be a close matchup. Because, um, I mean, you look at the Saints. They beat the, the Seahawks with Geno Smith by three. I mean, are the Falcons, you know, you got Matt Ryan, Cordell Patterson, and Kyle Pitts. Like, is that really – like, Matt Ryan's better than Geno Smith. Metcalf and Lockett are better than Patterson and Pitts. But, like, the point is, this is just going to be a ugly, probably low-scoring game where, the, where the, the points are more important. This total has dropped to, like, 41 and a half. It may go to 41 by the time uh, you're listening to this. So, you know, every point is more valuable. Uh, betting against Sean Payton is a home favorite who's covering just 41% of the time with the Atlanta Falcons plus six. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I mean, I, this was going to be one of my picks. And the way that we do this, we just on Slack, we, we do this via snake draft. And so, I'll, I'll, you know, we, each week, we, one of us is first and the next week, the other person's first. They'll, t- you know, I'll take a pick, then Chris will take a pick, blah, blah, blah. So this week, I had the Chiefs. But then Rodgers was announced out, and then he had the Falcons. I would have taken the Falcons, but I, but I have a nice guy, so let him have the Falcons. So I agree. I agree <laughs> hey, um, I, I, I was up early. Had... You saw that, right? I, I, I pinged you at, like, I mean, I don't know what time it was Eastern, but I know it was, like, the middle of the night for me. So, like, I, I got that in there. So I, I, I appreciate you letting me stick with him. Yeah, but <laughs> this is uh, – so I completely agree. Yeah, just to throw some more <laughs> trends out there. Peyton, 38-47 against the spread is a favorite of six or more points. It's 44%. 42-25-2. and two. 63% as a dog. Like he's a, he's right. a God as an underdog, but this is when you want to fade him. It's a high hurdle to climb with a total so low and a team that's just very conservative. The Saints team that's just 
I want to want to back them as dogs. Don't want to back them as favorites. You know, they rely on their defense, very conservative offense. I've seen a little, you know, there are some positive things about this Falcons offense over the past few weeks, last week, notwithstanding, there was just way too much pressure. The saints aren't getting elite pressure. Um, but yeah, I mean, ultimately it's just an awful spot. I think with the quarterback uncertainty, this line should be like closer to four. So I, I played yeah. this as well at plus six, by the way, Calvin Ridley, he stepped away from the game. OBJ is going to get caught. Von Miller to the Rams. Jameis Winston out for the year. Rogers, COVID. You know, Michael Thomas out for the year. Rugs. 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 Kyler Murray. Uh, Derek Henry out. Oh. Uh, Tyron Taylor out. starting. Mike White. I mean, this is the craziest week of NFL news I've ever seen in my life. Um, so, but yeah, I agree here. Uh, it's Falcons all the way. There's uh, some value in this number, as I expected to see after that win over the Bucks last week. Um, if I had to guess, my, my guess this game is the Saints win by three, like 20 to third, 20 to 17. It's probably the most likely outcome of this game. Hey, it's it's going to be Trevor Simeon or Taysom Hill against, you know, yep. the Falcons. So yeah, it's yep. be a high score. All right. For my second pick of the Sunday six pack in the third overall, I'm going with the Carolina Panthers plus three and a half at BetMGM at home against the New England Patriots. All right, so when you look at this game, we've backed the Panthers a couple times this year, and I think we've we've nailed the Panthers every game. Except that and... one I bet on Darno that on uh, on the road. <laughs> I remember. Oh yes. Ago? No, yeah. yes. I'm still yes, in that was the that. one mistake. I'm still, still in yeah. that. Yeah, you do yeah. not. But I, I, got not my, I got my uh, Cam Newton bat, uh, jersey on to kind of you know atone for it. But you yeah. had yes, and you atoned for it last <laughs> week, and the, you had you nailed them the week prior. But we play the Panthers as underdogs, not as favorites, and I think that this line is inflated after what we saw the Patriots do last week against the Chargers in a, in a pretty impressive win. They had some, some turnover luck, but it's a Chargers defense. That's just not really impressive to me. And uh, you know, the char- Patriots on the West coast now coming from across the country for another road game, all of a sudden they're laying three and a half, four. You, I think you can find a four out there, which I took. Why? So the question is why? I mean, this look ahead line was like a pick one. Well, you have the Patriots with a, a really good performance last week. The Panthers also won, by the way. Um, but then there's there's questions about so you get a bump in the market with the Patriots. Then there's questions about Sam Darnold's availability. Who cares? I mean, <laughs> this is the same thing about last week when you told me that Zach Wilson is out and this line moves six points because Mike White, a reigning AFC player of the week with Mike White, was going to be the starting quarterback. Who cares? Sam Darnold has been objectively one of the worst quarterbacks in the NFL this year. Not against the Texans, yeah. Yeah, that's his (laughs) Texans game. He's been dreadful. And do you want to back? And I'm assuming he's not going to play here. If he plays, I'm, I'm not even dropping the Panthers much going from Darnold to P.J. Walker. And I hope P.J. Walker plays. I'll tell you why. His legs can be an asset here, and especially against a group of, you know, it's mobile quarterbacks have given Bill Belichick defenses some issues in the past. They have a really slow, unathletic group of linebackers. So I think P.J. Walker can have some success using his legs. <clears throat> Two, this line has gone up because Darnold's not going to be available. Who wants to bet on Sam Darnold against a Bill Belichick defense? seeing ghosts. I mean, we've seen how that plays out before that does not end. Well, you might as well have me back there trying to throw the ball. So I don't, I'm reading the tea leaves here. I don't think Darnold's playing fine with that. Fine with the line going to four as a result, 
I still make it around just under two. I don't think that there's that much of a drop-off. And the argument could be made, and I'm making it, that I'd rather have P.J. Walker in there for this particular game. I mean, I do not need – Sam. I don't know how many picks Sam Darnold will throw this time. So, yeah, I mean, Christian McCaffrey could be back as well. But, you know, I, I like this Panthers defense now uh, for this particular matchup. Their front seven's always been formidable. Against the run, they're six in EPA brush, six, six in rushing success rate, ninth in line yards. They're number one in adjusted sack rate. Mac Jones has three big-time throws and six turnover-worthy ones under pressure, only five and a half yards per attempt under pressure. That's 24th. Fourth in turnover-worthy throw percentage under pressure. When he's kept clean, he's been sparkling. The Panthers are getting a ton of pressure right now. Burns and Reddick have been amazing. So this is a team that's getting a ton of pressure, and Jones is still a rookie. Watched him last week. Whenever the Chargers were able to get pressure, overthrowing balls, just he made some – Turnover-worthy throws, I think that's going to catch up to him here with a defense. There's a pass defense that's now much more formidable with Stephon Gilmore in there, who I like him in this scheme. He really solves that big hole that the Panthers had of, like, who's their second corner, which was a major question. Shaq Thompson back at linebacker. So, again, this is a very low total. What's this down to, 41? 41 and, and a half at giving, MGM. Yeah, and you're giving me four points with the home team because I think that – this is an art. This is a, a a move in the market based on an assumed perceived quarterback downgrade, and I don't necessarily think that's the case in this particular matchup. Uh, so give me Carolina Panthers and McCaffrey plays. It'll be huge, um, just for some like dub downs and screens and things of that nature. But the the Patriots can be run on a little bit. So not only PJ Walker, but if it has to be the uh, Chuba missile crisis, Hubbard. Uh, running the ball. I think that they can have some success moving the ball, but I think it's just an ugly game, sort of like the Saints-Falcons probably comes down to a field goal. Uh, I'll take the home dog here that I show value in. You know, if I didn't love this total so much, because I think I've talked about this, I um, I try not to bet two different things in the same game anymore, just because, like, I just don't enjoy it. It's just, like, more of a personal preference. I love the total as well. We'll get to that. Um, you know, spoiler alert, I like an ugly under, but I, I totally agree. I mean, I was even saying coming into last week and, you know, why I picked the Panthers, no one understood why I was picking the Panthers. They were on the worst streak of their life. The Falcons were humming on offense. I'm looking at their cornerback groups. You have Dante Jackson. You had you have Bouye in the slot. You had Keith Taylor. All of those guys are top 50 in, in pro football focuses grades. Stephon Gilmore then gets acquired and he gets activated. You know, if, if you ignore the snap minimums, because obviously Gilmore only played one game. He's the highest rated cornerback in the NFL. They have four cornerbacks that are legit, like top 25 percentile cornerbacks, or at least playing like it uh, because the rookie Keith Taylor is playing really well. And, and Bouye has kind of had somewhat of a renaissance here uh, as well. You add Shaq Thompson to that, your top five in pressure rate. Yeah, I think it's take your pick. You, you know, if you like the, the Panthers, you like the under, you know, maybe you just want to play both. But I, I don't see the Patriots doing much of anything in this matchup. And I loved them last week. And a lot, a lot of people agree with me, you know, going against that Charger team coming off the bye. I said, hey, this Patriots team is, is, is going to play well. They controlled that game. Uh, they're going to struggle here and people are going to probably scratch their heads. You know, it should be a low scoring game. And yeah, I mean, PJ Walk. I mean, you talk about betting uh, feelings, though. So I had the Steelers last week and I had the Panthers. First, I'm sitting there just watching Red Zone, feeling pretty good about my day. You know, nothing nothing was going off the rails. Uh, but then I see Mike Tomlin fake a field goal and get his kicker just nailed and he's out of the game. Then, uh, then the Panthers are like in complete control of the game. They're driving down the field. They run Sam Darnold. Or, or he runs. I forget if there was a called run or not, but he gets lit up 
like lit up to the point where his head snaps back. The ball comes out of his hands. He almost fumbles in, in like deep in the red zone. On the very next play, they call a designed run for Sam Darnold on the very next play. And he gets lit up again. And that's why he's concussed right now. That's literally why he's in concussion protocol. Then PJ Walker comes in, almost throws a pick six on, on the first play. So like, I mean, you talk about feelings uh, of betting. I just happened to get some lucky breaks, but I was not happy. Like with two, like what are, what are these coaches doing? Like, I, I really don't know what, what these coaches are doing here. You, you bring up a great point. I was looking at the Panthers. They're having I mean, their pass defensive numbers are, are yeah. elite, but you saw this with the, with Washington last year as well. There's a correlation between a team that is able to generate elite pressure and they're dominating yes. and your secondary's numbers and you don't have to cover as much. You can be a little more aggressive. And so those two things go hand in hand and the Panthers are just generating so much pressure right now. And they give you a lot of different looks on the back end, different zone looks. Uh, yeah. So I think Mac Jones makes a couple key mistakes here and uh, this game's a grinder. Yeah. I mean, the only Panthers corner that struggled has been CJ Henderson and he came from the Jaguars. So, you know, that's, I guess to be expected at this point. Uh, okay. For my second pick in the fourth overall of the Sunday six-pack, I'm going with the Los Angeles Chargers, a minus one and a half at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, this is a pretty public play. So, um, you know, it's rare that I'm on the same side as a public, more of a contrarian, a better. But I think you have to buy low on the Chargers, sell high on the Eagles right here. Because remember last week, I said it, everyone's too high in the Chargers. They're coming up a bye. They're going to struggle against this Belichick defense. The week before you nailed them uh, or the game before you nailed them, you know, bad matchup against Baltimore. Okay. So the Chargers have gone against a Wink Martindale defense and a Bill Belichick defense. Justin Herbert in his second year, both of those defenses, uh, you know, can confuse the opponent quarterbacks and they, they also can play man to man coverage. They, they play man at the highest rate in the league. This Eagles defense, and I know Jonathan Gannon is your boy, but I'm really not liking what I'm seeing out of this Eagles defense. I just think it's too easy to prepare for. They run zone at the third. Okay. Yeah, so they run zone at the third highest rate in the league. Uh, They're playing a lot of quarters coverage. They want to make the offense drive up and down the field, which in theory, a lot of defense, smart defensive coordinators are doing. But with Philly, it's just you're not really giving the opponent anything too difficult to, like, have to game plan for. You're just kind of sitting back there. And, and yeah, if you, have Dari, if you go to Darius Slay's side, you're probably not going to get too much, but that's really it. Like there's nothing in Maddox, you know, sometimes he'll come off the edge, uh, you know, and, and blitz, you know, from, from the secondary, but it's really not a, a great defense. It's bowl average and DVOA. Then you, you look at the red zone. Uh, they're 29th. You look at third down, they're 26th. So if you're going to have a bend, but don't break defense and then you break, then what are you really? So this is a matchup where, the Chargers defense, I agree. It's not quite as impressive. Similar scheme. They're mixing things up a little more. But the Eagles offense, you know, they're probably scored 21, 24 points. So when I'm betting the Chargers, I'm just looking for spots where the Chargers can score. This is a completely different matchup, completely opposite of the last two games where, where it was just confusing, man coverage, a lot of different looks, easy zone defense. Justin Herbert averages nearly a yard per attempt more uh, against zone coverage. So I think the Chargers can score in this game. I'm getting one and a half, even though the Chargers, you know, I mean, whether they're on the road or at home, it doesn't really make a difference. They have no home field advantage. And the Chargers have also played well against mobile quarterbacks, guys that can make plays, you know, throwing or running. Look a couple weeks ago, even though they lost 34-6 to the Baltimore Ravens, that was mostly to do with the Chargers offense and the Ravens run game. But Lamar Jackson, just 19-27 to for 167 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. 
Dak Prescott, only 237 yards, no touchdowns and a pick. Uh, and Mahomes needed 44 attempts uh, to get 260 yards. He did throw three touchdowns, but he also got picked twice. So they've had success against these quarterbacks that can move around, uh, have the Chargers. So that's another reason why I like them in this matchup against Jalen Hurts. Uh, and then you look at Philadelphia, and you want to talk about beating up on bad teams. Philadelphia outscored Atlanta and Detroit 76-12. to 12. In the other six games, they've been outscored 179-127. to 127. That's 8.7 points per game. That's more than a touchdown. And I know they had some, you know, they kept it close with the Bucs, uh, and, uh, and they probably should have had more against the Niners as well. That was a, a tough break. But still, this is, this is far from an impressive team. I mean, we're sitting here talking about Jalen Hurts potentially getting benched. I, I don't think he is, but some people seem to think that. Uh, and a few weeks ago, you know, two, three weeks ago, before that Baltimore game, everyone was talking about the Chargers as like an AFC championship contender uh, as a team that may go to the Super Bowl and upset the Chiefs because they already upset the Chiefs. And now all of a sudden, they can't even get a field goal on the road against this below-average Philly team that Herbert knows the scheme that he's going to, you know, he's going to just, they're just going to go up and down the field and score when they get in the red zone and convert when they're on third down. You know, I, I, I love the chargers here. Uh, it's, it's, it is a public play, but um, I, I'm taking this at anything under a field goal. I, I yeah, you make a good case. I'm getting, but I'm just getting weird vibes from this game and this line. I am, I'm not playing the Eagles here, but I actually do like the over some, I think the Chargers are going to have success moving the ball. They'll be able to throw it underneath and they'll be able to march up and down the field. There's a lot of familiarity on both ends here on the other side. So I don't think I agree with you. I think the Chargers will have no issues moving the ball. And on the other side, a lot of familiarity with the Eagles as well. If they want to run it, I hope, you know, if you're the Eagles fan, this is a game where you want to establish more of a run because the Chargers can't defend the run. I don't know if they will, but if you want to run it, you can run it all day on the Chargers. Very weak front seven. I, and this I just this defense is I said it before there's not a great fit for what Staley wants to do, the personnel wise. Like Bose is out there saying, like, we we didn't move me outside to get more pressure on Mac Jones last week. There's just a lot. This doesn't really fit. And now that I don't know who's playing corner for them this weekend. That would be my biggest concern if Philly comes out and throws it. You know, Samuel didn't practice today. I think he's in concussion protocol. Davis didn't practice today. He might not play. So you're down to so bare bones on the outside, a corner potentially. So I think that both teams could have some success. Both offenses should have success moving the ball. Uh, I don't hate the play. If you put a gun to my head, I would play the Chargers, but I worry about obviously their special teams as always and just who's going to play corner for them. So uh, I think up to 50, I like the silver. I might play that small. Oh, yeah. And I just wanted to talk about that's a good point about the run defense because that's actually another reason why I like the Chargers in this spot. The Eagles. Yeah, they beat the Lions 44 to 6. The Lions never were close. So they ran more than they run all season. Even with that game, they're still averaging a league low 16.6 handoffs per game to running back. So it's tough for the Eagles to commit to running the football. They don't have their best running back. So I'm not worried about that. And their special teams, it is bad. That's why one of the reasons, you know, going against a Belichick coach team, you know, their special team is going to be top notch, but they did do a couple of things. You mentioned one of them last week. They added Hopkins. He had a good game in his first game. Um, he's obviously an upgrade on Vizcaino. Almost anybody is. And they also added Andre Roberts in the return game. So KJ Hill wasn't giving him much. So they, they could get a little better. Like, I don't know if they will be 32 because they are 32 in DVOA on special teams. I think that'll rise up a little bit, especially with the better kicker, but also Roberts, um, you know, could give him a little more in the return game. So uh, I like this. I just like the matchup. I think, I think if the Eagles win like, 
20 to 13 or something like that. We're not getting this, but because they went 44 six against these hapless lions, you're getting a perfect buy low opportunity here uh, on the charges, a perfect sell high on the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, another reason why I'd like the over, by the way, both these teams want to play fast. I think they're both top five in neutral situation pace. Uh, but yeah, maybe the Chargers can get to 31 in special teams DVOA. All right. Um, for my third pick and the fifth overall of the Sunday six pack, I'm going with Cleveland Clowns plus three, excuse me, Cleveland Browns plus three minus right 120 at BetMGM. Um, this is, look, I, I had the Browns in a teaser as well. I'm going to play some plus three, minus 120, which you can find at BetMGM right now. This is a game that I look at, you know, coming into the year, I had the Browns rated higher than the Bengals. After what we've seen so far this season, I still have the Browns a couple points better than the Bengals. Okay, there's a couple injury issues, a couple more injury issues for the Browns, but they're getting a little healthier in key areas. Okay, I still have the Browns ahead of the Bengals. Where is this game? It's in Cincy. What's the home field in this situation? A divisional game in the same state, a lot of like nothing. So uh, I basically make this game right around a coin flip. So I'll gladly take, uh, uh, you know, pay to get the field goal here, gladly tease them up over three, four, six, and seven uh, in a game that I think is basically just going to come down to one or two plays. I, I don't know what, what has happened with the Bengals. But they, they blew out the Ravens, and everyone thinks that they're the greatest team in the world now. But – you know, they, they just lost to the Jets. They should have lost at home to the Jaguars. They lost to the Bears and Justin Fields. They lost to the same Steelers team that the Browns just lost to. Yeah, and I think that people are are starting to say, are you know, starting to sour on the Browns. You know, last week they lost to the Steelers, same Steelers team that beat the Bengals. But it's just a bad – the Steelers are a bad matchup for the Browns. They can get a lot – they can generate elite pressure and just cripple Baker Mayfield. The Bengals – can't really do that. They're not getting pressure at an elite rate. So, you know, I think Baker Mayfield will be able to operate this offense. The Browns offensive line, Conklin is a big loss, but the rest of the offensive line should be healthy. They can control this Bengals defensive front, which has been a lot better. They went out and spent a lot of money there. So I think that the Browns will have success, success moving the ball. The Bengals, look, they're, they've just been, it's hit or miss with these huge plays. And Jamar Chase has been amazing. He has like 700 yards in single coverage. It gets double the next best person. Joe Woods is very good at taking away your number one option. I expect that to happen here. Denzel Ward should be back. That's big for their secondary. And you have to be able to get pressure on Barrow without blitzing. That's how you slow him down. The Browns could do that. I mean, you look at Miles Garrett, Jadavian Clowney, and Tack McKinley. They're three of the top four in the NFL in pass rush win rate. I believe Clowney's going to play. Garrett is in. And I think that they can get pressure on Burrow, throw him off his game a little bit. Um, and there's some third down regression coming for this Browns defense. You look at early downs, they're playing really well. They're 30th in EPA per play on third downs. So I think that that should start to stabilize and come back down to where their overall numbers are. Um, and I think the Bengals defense – has been overperforming in general. So, uh, you know, I don't think there's – I'm not coming out here and saying, oh, my God, the Browns are a lock to win this game. I am nowhere near as confident as I am with the 49ers. But I truly make this game a coin flip. I think it's a coin flip. There's basically no home field advantage here. And uh, I think this is like a very close divisional game that comes down to one or two plays. And, you know, put me over the edge there. 
is I'll take the much better coaching staff and the much more aggressive <laughs> coach in that scenario. So I'll side with Stefanski and company here. Give me the Browns. And also, this might be – I know he's banged up, but this might be a more comfortable Baker Mayfield, not just because of the you know downgraded pressure when you go from Pittsburgh to uh, – and Arizona, for that matter, you know, to a team like the Bengals, but also – because Odell Beckham's not going to be in that huddle, you know. Yep. So I like remember last year they play. He played Baker Mayfield had like the best stretch of his life uh, outside of that rookie year stretch. And both of those stretches, the rookie year stretch and last year, pretty much came without Odell Beckham. I think they're going to rally around this. That the offense yeah. is going to rally around all this drama this week. And another reason I think the Browns are undervalued in the market is they've dealt with a ton of injuries mm-hmm. all year. So you have to take their numbers and their results with a grain of salt. Whereas the Bengals have been fairly healthy, um, so I, I just I don't I don't see how you can get to basically saying that the Bengals are field goal better than the Browns, which is what this is assuming, which is what this is saying. If you assume that home field is basically nothing in a game like this, which I believe it is, so give me the Browns. Yeah, I'll probably join you on this. I mean, you look at the Browns; they're sixth in overall DVOA. The Bengals are 21st because um, remember DVOA is schedule adjusted. You know, the Browns have played the chiefs, uh, you know, the Bengals lost to the jets, uh, but, and I'm surprised you didn't mention this Browns also fourth special teams DVOA the Bengals are they're 10, but you know, number four, you know, Cleveland has the advantage here uh, on special teams. I think, I think Cleveland's roster is still a better roster here and you're yep. 15 spots higher in overall DVOA and you're, and you're, uh, you know, you're laying three. So, I, yeah, I'll probably be joining you uh, on this one. I agree. I like that, you know, plus three, uh, 120 there. Maybe it even gets down to 115 if, you know, people think the Bengals are going to bounce back. Probably not. But either way, yeah, I like the I like the Browns a lot in this spot. This, this is just a point flip game. I think I have it Bengals by one, and even that seems a little, a little high. All right. For my third and final pick of the week, number nine Sunday six-pack, I am going with the Denver Broncos plus 10 at BetMGM at the Dallas Cowboys. And man, I know this is the right play. Uh, I'm still doing it as my one point play because I'm always going to be nervous. I I think Dak will be back here. Always going to be nervous going against the Cowboys. But I this number is way higher than I have it projected. Uh, I have it around, I think, eight uh, for this game. Uh, So the market's at 10. I think in our Action Network Pro projections, uh, it's we at, collectively we have it at plus seven. So uh, I might even be a little higher on the on the Cowboys than most, and I'm still going uh, against them here. I think you know Football Outsiders model has it around seven. Five thirty eight's model has it at seven. I know the Broncos lost Von Miller, but listen, the Broncos have committed multiple turnovers in only one game on offense. So this is not as much a bet on the Broncos defense, which has actually played well, you know, against some shaky opponents, but they are top five in, um, you know, drive success rate on defense. But this is more of a bet on the Broncos just being able to stay close and or get a back door uh, with the offense. You have Jerry Judy back. So you have Judy Sutton, Tim Patrick. Uh, it's three pretty good receivers. You know, Noah Fant at, at tight end. You know, he's on the COVID list, but they're, his backup, Okuwebunam, uh, is also pretty good. So even if he ends up sitting out, uh, you know, Okuwebudam can step in there. He's a talented tight end. You have the two running backs, 
Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. We know, you know, this is these are these spots where you can keep it, you know, manage the game and keep it close. They've turned the ball over multiple times, only once all year in in eight games. And their offense is above average in DVOA. Uh, and that's, you know, dealing with some injuries. And then you just look at Teddy Bridgewater and like, I think he's actually playing well. He's been one of the best quarterbacks under pressure. He's had some, you know, the offensive line has struggled at times. And he, that, that game against the Ravens where he just got walloped, um, you know, kind of brings down a lot of the Broncos numbers. But um, overall in his career, Teddy's 23 and five against the spread, 82% on the road. When he's a, a dog of plus seven or more, seven and one against the spread. When it goes to plus eight or more, four and oh. So Teddy Bridgewater, this is the spot you want to back him. Uh, it's not sexy, but I think the Broncos can keep it close. And if even if they're down, you know, maybe 14, 17, maybe worst comes to worst, you end up with a push at the 10. Because uh, I think they can backdoor with, you know, Sutton, Judy, Patrick playing well. Is, you know, on the, every, we write him off every year. And he seems to somehow almost always look like their best receiver, even though they got all these talented guys uh, around him. And, and he was kind of the, the guy that wasn't drafted um, with any pedigree or anything like that. But yeah, this is just a bet on them. And, you know, I mean, who knows? Dak, you know, he looks like he's going to be back, but you never know. He could he could um, not be 100%. They could decide that because they got the game against the Vikings, maybe they don't want to risk it here against the Broncos. Uh, you know, Broncos will play some man coverage. And uh, they're obviously they won't get much pressure, but it's not like you were going to slow down the Cowboys offense too much anyway. So I, I just think this offense for the Broncos, as crazy as it sounds, um, has enough to kind of hang, hang within a, you know, a score or, or a 10 point game. Yeah, I agree. I think this line is too high, mainly because with the cap, the Cowboys are seven Oh against the spread. The Broncos have had a ton, a cluster injuries at the linebacker position. And now you lose Von Miller and, you know, Bryce Callahan, the their slot is on IR and he's been one of their better corners this oh, yeah. year. That was tough to see him go down at the end of that game. That shouldn't have yeah. he shouldn't have even had to be defending in that yeah. spot. <laughs> yeah, brutal. Um, and so the defense is obviously going to take a step back here and has been playing that great. So you worry about them against the Cowboys offense, right. but I agree. I mean, I, look, Cooper's banged up, Lamb is banged up. Who knows if they're going to go? Uh, you have Dak, who I think the Cowboys would be smart to sit him out here, but the Cowboys organization is not known for making smart decisions. They did last week, but uh, Jerry Jones is out on the radio saying he's going to play, he's going to play, worried about you know beating the Broncos in week nine versus uh, the bigger picture, which is why the Cowboys haven't won a Super Bowl in three decades. Um, but they could sit him out here, and he, they were saying all the right things last week, saying, like, we have a bigger – we have something bigger to worry about, which is, which is the right approach, so – um, but even if Dak plays, this offense should score. Um, but the line's too high. I, don't, I think it should be, you know, around a touchdown, not ten. So I, I took plus ten as well. Teddy Teddy covers. This is what he does. He covers in the scenario. The Dallas defense has some regression coming. To, to, I think the Broncos can keep up here and and cover this number. I kind of like the over as well. The only reason I didn't buy the over and chose to go with the Broncos is with all the question marks about. I mean, Tyrone Smith is banged up as well. Like, who are the mm-hmm. who are the and Diggs on defense banged up, you know, yep. on Diggs is so, banged up. So. Um, yep, but I agree with you. I think it's uh, Broncos or nothing lines way too high. All right. So that is our week nine Sunday six pack presented by our friends at the athletic brewing company to recap. Stucky is going with the San Francisco 49ers minus one hosting the Cardinals. 
the Cleveland Browns plus three uh, at the Cincinnati Bengals. And I use the term at very lightly and the Carolina Panthers plus three and a half hosting the new England Patriots. I am going with the Atlanta Falcons plus six at the saints, the chargers minus one and a half at Philly and the Broncos plus 10 in Dallas. And that concludes our week nine six pack presented by the athletic brewing company, whose innovative process allows them to brew great tasting craft beer without the alcohol from IPAs to stouts to golden ales and more. They offer a full selection of craft brews starting at only 50 calories with two custom breweries in Connecticut and California. They've created a lineup of styles loaded with accolades, including the 2020 World Beer Award gold medal for their flagship IPA, Run Wild. With full flavor, low calories, and zero chance of a hangover, Athletics Brews let you enjoy the refreshing taste of beer anytime and anywhere. Place an order today at athleticbrewing.com and you can get free shipping when you order two or more six packs. And you can enjoy 10% off your order with the promo code ACTION10. That's A-C-T-I-O-N-1-0. All right, cheers. All right, Stuck, let's get into our coach's pep talk for week nine. For today's coach's pep talk, we have an impassioned speech from former American soccer star, Alexi Lalas, and we're dedicating it to Frank Wright. Let's go Frank Wright here because we've said good things about him at, at times, and he felt like he cost his team the game, and, and he may have. I mean, that was a bad call, you know, making Carson Wentz drop back into the end zone and throw a tight end screen that may very well have been covered. I mean, you got to know your, your players and your situations there. Dedicating this one to Frank Wright. It's dark days indeed, but this is a time for leaders to step up. And so to the supposed leaders, I will say this. Clean it up or let's get someone who will. Is this really as good as it gets? Because it's still not good enough. This is now all on you. Make us believe again. Against this Jets team, make us believe again, Frank Wright. You should be better than you are given your performance. So, all right, now it's time for our favorite total of the week. I stuck. So you had first pick for our six pack this week. So I'll start us off with my favorite total of the week. I am back after a hiatus that did not cash going with a high under high total under I'm going back to the ugly unders new England, Carolina under 41 and a half. Don't have to spend too long here. Already mentioned it. We love Shaq Thompson being back. We love the Carolina secondary. We love the fact that they can marry a top five pressure rate with a bunch of top uh, cornerbacks uh, in, in terms of pro football focuses grades and just, you know, watching them play, you can tell they're, they're locking up. Um, so this is the kind of matchup where I don't think the Patriots are going to be able to put up many points. And on the other side, you still do have a Belichick defense going against whether it is Sam Darnold or PJ Walker. Uh, you still don't expect the Panthers to put up a, a ton on offense. They could absolutely win this game, but should be an ugly game. Last four games, Panthers averaging just 270 total yards per game, just 148 passing yards per game. Uh, and on defense, Carolina's second in yards per play at five uh, yards even allowed per play. They're also second in, with 296 total yards per game allowed. And what are they doing now? And they've explicitly said this. They want to run the ball. Last week, 47 rush attempts for the Carolina Panthers, 25 passes, 47 rush attempts. And the Patriots, they're not going to come in and throw the ball around on the secondary. Bill Belichick's smarter than that. I expect the Patriots to also play 
somewhat of a run heavy game plan. Yeah. You have Damian Harris, you have Stevenson golden playing well. Uh, so everything points to an under here and you look at, you know, Belichick going on a road. He doesn't mess around uh, the unders, even with Brady here for most of this time, the unders 28 and 15, 65% when new England goes on the road since the 2016 season. So love under 41 and a half, uh, especially, you know, 41 is a key number. So uh, love getting that half point here at BetMGM. Yeah, don't mind that. For my favorite total of week nine, I'm going with the Baltimore Ravens, Minnesota Vikings, over 49 and a half, putting my undefeated streak on the line on my Ravens. So uh, pressure, pressure's on. Look, I think there's a lot of advantages for both offenses here. I think the, the Vikings offense would play so well, and I think it was just a, a dud performance last week. They just came out and I mean, one for 13 on third down. Just couldn't do anything right, but it's still an offense that can move the ball. And I love the way that it matches up with the Ravens. They're how the Vikings want to their zone, their zone run scheme really can give the Ravens defense problems. The Ravens like the blitz. Kirk Cousins is really good against the blitz. Um, I so I think that there's still some soft pockets that you can attack in this Ravens defense. I expect the Vikings offense to have success. On the other side of the ball. The Ravens offense, I expect to just really do whatever it wants here against the Vikings defense that's been really crushed by injury. Number one, the Vikings defense can't, it's been struggling against the run. They've been getting a lot of pressure and playing better against the pass, but you know, now you're down Peterson. Dancer didn't practice today. And not to mention your two corners on the outside are four, six, 40 guys going against these Ravens fast receivers. Brown is having a breakout here. Bateman is now in the lineup. Watkins is back. So you have the Ravens finally have their full arsenal of weapons. Their offensive line has finally built some cohesiveness. They had all those injuries in the backfield. You know, they've had time to kind of mesh. They've had a bye week. This offense, I think, is going to be a juggernaut after the bye. By the way, John Harbaugh is one of the best coaches against the spread after a bye. But I just don't see many ways that the Vikings can get stops. Daniel Hunter now out for the year. Yeah. He was one of the most important pieces on that what defense and just kills them because how are you getting pressure? That was compensating for a lot. Now you have injuries in the secondary now. So they can't defend the run. Their, their secondary is now weaker. Their pass rush is now weaker. And this Ravens offense is now at full strength. Uh, by the way, Nick Boyle also backed this yes. week huge for the Ravens rushing attack and just a, a number of different things he does on that offense. So I think the Ravens offense is being undervalued here. I think the Vikings offense can keep up. So I think this has uh, sneaky shootout potential. And uh, so give me the over. Yeah, I think people, you know, this line, you're probably looking at the the dud by the Vikings in that, you know, ugly game against Dallas and then Baltimore where they score only 17 against the Bengals and people are saying, I don't know about these offenses, uh, but I agree. I think, you know, both of these, the Vikings are going to have success. They're not going to score 13 points and go one for 13 every week. The Ravens, as you mentioned, full arsenal. And I especially like that call on Nick Boyle. I think he's really important to what they do, as you know. Um, in a lot of facets, you know, even in the passing game, I think that that allows them to go more confidently with those two tight end sets when they want to, or give Mark Andrews a, a breather because he's so integral to their passing game. You know, if you could take Andrews out a couple of snaps and, and get Boyle in there to block more, um, you know, you have more confidence in him than, you know, like Eric Tomlinson or, or whoever. So um, love the uh, return of Boyle and what it does for this offense. All right. So that's going to do it for our to favorite total segment. Stuck is going with the Ravens. Vikings over 49 and a half. I'm going Patriots, Panthers under 41 and a half. Now it's time for our favorite teaser. 
of the week. Oh, yeah. Six-point teasers. If you don't want me to, don't tease me. Don't tease me. Try to please me. Yeah. All right, Stuck. For those not familiar, teasers are when you ha- get an additional amount of points, usually six is a standard, uh, to allocate to bets two or more. Usually do it two team teaser. That's what we do on the show. So for example, an eight point favorite becomes a two point favorite with a six point teaser. And then an eight point underdog would become a 14 point underdog. Stuck has a lot of great content out talking about you know the key numbers you're trying to move through when you're teasing the three, the four, the six, and the seven, uh, just Google Stucky teasers or, or search it on actionnetwork.com uh, and you should be able to find it. Stuck, where are you going for your teaser in week nine? Yeah, I already mentioned one piece. That's the Browns teasing them up. Classic teaser piece up from two, two and a half over to eight, eight and a half. And I'll pair them with the Chiefs. Chiefs are actually going to be one of my bets this week. Maybe give them one last chance against the Packers. It's funny. I had, I had the accounts up, and I couldn't. I had my accounts up, and I couldn't find the Chiefs. And I'm like, where, where is this game? And I'm looking, 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 and then I get a text as Rogers is out. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. I, I took a shower first. If I didn't take a shower, I would have had the Chiefs, um, a pick with, uh, against the the Packers without. Aaron Rodgers. By the way, this line, who knows? It could rise more. We don't know what else is going to happen. But uh, obviously, I think there's about a seven-point drop-off here to make this line yep. you know, closer to eight and a half, nine. It happened midweek, and now you're, you're making your first career start. It's not like you've been practicing for a couple weeks knowing that this is going to happen. Yeah, so I, look, the Packers' defense, I still think, has been overperforming a bit the past few weeks. They haven't really seen many elite offenses. And I, the Chiefs have been just a mess, I hope that they learned something last week, you would think, and this is basically for their season. I assume that they can beat Jordan Love at home. But what they need to do is teams have adjusted to the Chiefs. It seems like Mahomes is in his own head, too, with trying to read defenses. But everyone is just – you can just watch Stevens are just dropping two safeties way back. They're not blitzing. And there's been way – there's way too many plays where Mahomes is dropping back and ends up running towards the sideline and just chucking the ball into triple coverage. Like, this is not – Look, everyone has adjusted to you. Now, you need to adjust. You, the Packers do this with Rodgers. Run the ball. They've been really successful running the ball. You could do that against the Packers. Dink and dunk down the field. Make the safeties come up. And then you're going to have Kelsey. You're going to have Hill. You're going to have Hardman to set up those deep shots. You can't you, – you, the, the Chiefs are not capable now of coming out and just snap. Mahomes run back and chucks it deep. The offensive line also hasn't been great in pass protection. But teams have seen that work for a while. They're saying, all right, we're not going to let that happen. So, but I think the Chiefs will have success running the ball here. It's obviously a tough spot with Jordan Lai. I think that they can win this game, you would hope, um, at home for their season. So, yeah, give me the Chiefs and the Browns. Yeah, Chiefs are like that team, like that guy who picks up the sticks in Madden and just picks a team with a mobile quarterback, rolls him out, and just throws deep every single time. Like, that, yeah. that's what Mahomes reminds me of. But I agree. I think the Chiefs are in for some positive reversion to the mean. They're turning the ball over on 23 0.4% of offensive drives last year the the high the most turnovers was 17% you almost never see uh, anything 20 or higher so how do you get from you know 23% down you know under 20 to 17ish uh you go some games without turning it over and uh you, know, you expect that to happen for the chiefs i think they did kind of figure some things out 
Now they just got to get Mahomes. The thing is, the guy who really has to get better is Mahomes. And that's perfectly doable, right? Like, you know, like this is not a guy you worry about long-term about correcting his issues. So uh, I like the Chiefs. I'm going with them as well for my teaser, seven and a half down to one and a half. And I'll go with the Rams as my other one, seven and a half to one and a half. Another team that just facing a team that's in a little bit of a tough spot, you know, without their most important player in, in, a, in a way. I know Tannehill probably would be worth more to the spread given, you know, Logan Woodside is the backup. But, I mean, without Derrick Henry, this, this is not going to look good. The Rams are, like, they invite you to run. Now they can probably switch up their home game plan, you know, and, and play it a little differently because they probably weren't going to invite Derrick Henry to run. Like, I doubt that was going to be the game plan. So now the Rams can play a little more true to themselves. Uh, I think they can win by at least a field goal. I think the Titans, you know, the Titans are always pesky. Um, but uh, I, I like the Rams in this, but I think they're playing really well. I think they match up well with the Titans. They got, you know, they got these three receivers in the pass game playing well against that Titans secondary. So now you have no Henry. The play action game for Tennessee is not going to be as deadly. I think the Rams have enough to kind of, um, you know, limit the damage for the Titans offense. Obviously, A.J. Brown should get should get his. We'll see what they do with Ramsey if they want to maybe, you know, switch it up. They haven't really been using him in shadow coverage or anything like that. But uh, I, I like the, the Rams to, to handle business. Um, just not 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 confident in betting them anywhere close to a touchdown. But to win the game, essentially, one and a half points, essentially betting them to win the game. Uh, I feel good about them. The Titans, when their defense has been good this year, is when their defensive line is able to get pressure. They're not going to be able to get any pressure here, so I don't know how their secondary is going to hold up against this Rams passing attack. Um, you know, and the Rams defense is probably overrated right now after playing, you know, the Seahawks when Whistle get, Wilson got hurt, and then just a bunch of bad teams. Seven and a half might be a tad high, but I mean, I adjust, I make this now like right around seven, so I don't think it's an egregious adjustment. Um, I agree. I have the the Rams teased as well with the 49ers when they were plus two and a half. I teased the 49ers up to eight and a half with the Rams down to a minus a half. So I agree with you here. All right. That's going to wrap it up for our teasers for week nine. Stuck is going with the Chiefs seven and a half to one and a half and the Browns plus three to plus nine. I'm going with the Chiefs seven and a half to one and a half and the Rams seven and a half to one and a half. And now it's time once again for our Moneyline Underdog Parlay. Turning good weekends into great weekends. It's time for the Moneyline Parlay. We've been crushing these. Yep. Where are you going uh, this week? This is a, a weird one. I didn't really like many Moneyline Dogs on this week's card. But let's go with the G-Men at home on a short week against the Raiders team coming off of a bye. Look, the Giants, there's, there's some things you don't really like about the Giants here. They're dead last and pass what rush win rate. They're not, they don't get an elite amount of pressure, which isn't great against Derek Carr. But I like what their defense did last week against the Chiefs. And you can kind of follow a similar script against this Raiders team. Daniel Jones and this Giants team, they're always just going to, they're just a pest. So as a dog, they're just going to find ways to hang around here. I don't, and I don't like this Raiders team as a favorite. You know, the Raiders have been dealing with a lot with rugs and their coach. Now you're coming across country. Now you are off of a bye, but I, I could see the Raiders being a little distracted. And then, you know, they're five and two playing a bad Giants team. Next week they got the Chiefs. Then they got, you know, the Bengals and then the Cowboys. So, like, I can see the Raiders slipping up here. 
I don't love it, but um, I think that there's a small amount of value on the Giants. So let's throw the G-Man here in a pretty ugly card for money line underdogs, in my opinion. Yeah, I could see. I mean, the only thing that worries me is it's like this is the, the anti-Giant spot, you know, Daniel Jones at home. Yeah. But um, besides that, I looked at this game and I was like, I could totally see the Raiders losing this game like 21 to 9 or something. Like similar to that Bears game. Remember that Bears yeah. game where it was like, ah, oh, they got Justin Fields, the Raiders, they're, they're, they're rolling right now. They're, they'll handle this game. Nope. Uh, so I, I, I don't hate it. I was going to go with the Houston Texans, but I actually think, you know, you kind of talked me into the Cleveland Browns here um, because you made a really good point about the fact there's no real home field for the Bengals. And I do have these t- teams rated pretty evenly with the Browns a little bit better as well. So let's go Cleveland at plus 125 at BetMGM, the official odds provider of the Action Network podcast. Uh, we talked about it already. I think it's a Evenly matched game, no home field, not as much pressure for Baker Mayfield to deal with, probably a weight off his back with no Odell Beckham. Uh, Brown's dealing with a lot of injuries, 15 spots better in terms of overall DVOA, which is huge. I mean, that's, you know, you have another spot like that, especially with the interstate matchup, and you might see the Browns favored. So, uh, and, and we've seen the Bengals, like we've seen the worst of the Bengals. Usually you say it's a bounce back spot, but the Browns got to be a little more desperate here. They're behind the Bengals in the standings. Uh, they're coming off a divisional loss. Uh, you know, I think the, I think the Browns are going to want it more, and uh, I think they're the better team. So let's go Browns here in our Moneyline Dog Parlay. Let's, let's try to hit when We've been both hitting them. We're, I think we're going to get there again. And I would have went Browns. That was my other choice, so I'm glad that you yeah. did. I okay. used them in the teaser. I used them as my best bet. So I wanted the uh, too much Browns exposure for one person right. in the podcast. usually doesn't end well. So I'm glad that you went there. Um, so let's get it done, Browns and G-Men. Do it. Uh, and that would be about, if you parlay him, that would be about a plus 430. But at this point, I feel like you, you might want to play him singularly as well because I, th- I think we're at least 500, if not over 500 combined on the yep. year with these things. So you're obviously in the green, uh, even if you're hitting half of these, um, much less more. So Giants, plus 135 for Stuck. Browns, plus 125 for me. The Action Network podcast is proudly presented by BetMGM. And to celebrate the 2021 NFL season, BetMGM is offering a great sign-up offer for our listeners, a $1,000 risk-free first bet. You just open an account at BetMGM and make your first deposit. Then make your first bet. If that bet wins, the money is yours. And if your bet doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $1,000. It's that simple. To get started, just click on the link in this episode description. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the best features for NFL betting, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, BetMGM is compatible with our BetSync technology, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $1,000. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks so much for listening. Let's get back to the show. 
Let's go to the best of the rest, which are the games we did not discuss in any other segment. All right, let's start with the Texans and the Dolphins. The Texans are six and a half point underdogs. The total is 46 and stuck. I like I know you were down in the Dolphins coming into the year. I, I was kind of didn't know what to expect. I don't like this Dolphins team at all. I could absolutely see them losing to the Texans team. I mean, maybe you feel different, but I I couldn't lay points with the Dolphins. Uh, the total, I mean, it is what it is. The Texans haven't been scoring with Davis Mills, but it looks like they're getting Tyrod back. So uh, they've been a different team with Tyrod. I, I, I have a sneaking suspicion the Texans are, are in this game. I actually don't think Tyrod Taylor's going to play, but we'll see. Um, okay. It's a hamstring, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. So it's and he's still been splitting like, reps, and they're yeah. they have one win, and there's a bye next week. So hmm, um, that's, true. that's true. That's that's what's intriguing to me here is that there's a buy like that buy factor is if it's even close, I think that they're going to say um, we're not going to play. But yeah, I mean the Dolphins are terrible. Yeah, I mean I make this line right around seven. I would bring it down a tad more. I'm like assuming 50-50 chance that either yeah. Mills or Taylor goes. Um, I think I would bring this down to like six if uh, Taylor plays. And, you know, I made it eight, assuming that Mills was playing. The Dolphins, Tua has been looking a little better last week. The Dolphins have dealt with a lot of injuries. Their secondary now is healthy. You could still run on them. Their front seven's been really disappointing. But the Texans can't run the ball at all. And the Texans' defense doesn't offer much resistance. So, I, I don't know. I think that the, the Dolphins should be able to get on the right side of things this week. Um, but this is a game I will not be wagering on. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I mean, maybe if this line was, you know, in the four range or the three. like, Because, I mean, you're looking at this Dolphins team. I know they've dealt with injuries. I know they almost made the playoffs last year. I know two has been out for some games. But – they beat the Patriots by one point. Their only win is by one point. We know one-score games are not really too predictive, but they beat the Patriots by one point. They get a gift fumble late in that game. They lose the next seven. They lose to the Falcons with Tua playing well. They lose to the Jaguars with Tua playing well. So can they lose to the Texans even with Davis Mills? I think so. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, if, if Tua's playing, if we saw peak Tua, and we did see peak Tua, I mean, he threw, he was like the leading fantasy quarterback for those two weeks, Jaguars-Falcons games. We saw peak Tua, and you're still losing to two bottom five NFL teams, then, like, I just think this line is, I just think this line is absurd, honestly. I, I, I have this closer to four. I have zero faith in the Dolphins' Um, you know, blowing them out. I think it still ends up being like a field goal game. You know, I could be wrong. You know, maybe they, the Texans just do Texans things. Davis Mills, you can't really trust him. But, I mean, this Dolphins team is bad. And it, there's been word that Flores has, like, lost the locker room. Tua came out and said, I don't feel wanted. And then, you know, reverted back. I know they played a good defense, but kind of reverted back to who he was before. So, I mean, I just – I don't think you want any parts of this. I agree. I think he, he, it's – I don't know if you bet on the Texans, but definitely don't bet on the Dolphins. Is I guess what I'm saying. It's kind of like I'm, I, they're almost at Urban Meyer status for me at, at this point. All right. And speaking of Urban Meyer, Bills 14 and a half point road favorites at the Jaguars. This is what it's come to with Urban Meyer <laughs> giving 14 and a half on, at home. And the total's 48 and a half. I mean, I'm not betting on the Jaguars. Are, are you? 
No, I can't hear. I mean, it, it's. I think the line is a tad too high. So from like, if you made me bet it, I would probably bet the Jags over two touchdowns at home. Nope. But the the Bills are like a really bad team to fade as a big favorite because of the way they play, and they're going to throw and they're going to they're just going to kind of keep their foot on the gas. You saw the last week the miracle cover against the Dolphins, but they're going to throw it a lot. They're going to spread you out. The Jags are incapable of stopping any competent passing offense. So it's hard to see them really getting many stops. And the Bills' defense is playing at an elite level. So, you know, I think the line's a little too high, but there's many, many reasons why I do not want to back the Jags here. So this is another pass for me. Ugly game. Ugly, ugly, ugly. And the Bills are up to first in pressure rate. On top of everything else they have going for them, they are now getting pressure at an elite level. Trevor Lawrence. 14 to 1, baby. 14 to 1 Super Bowl future. That's my only one. Hopefully we can get their (laughs) Bills mafia. Uh, I like it. And uh, some interesting numbers here. The Jaguars, you know, obviously the market hasn't been, you know, too thrilled with them. They're two and five against the spread. They failed to cover by an average of 7.4 points per game. That's second worst behind only Miami, which is why I say you can't bet on Miami here. But on the other side, the Bills are best in the league. They're beating the spread by an average of 9.4 points per game. So I, I just don't think the book can make this line high enough. I know it's a road game, so you don't want to get to like that 17, 18. And I do make it around 14 and a half just, you know, in the model. But, I mean, the Bills had their flat spot last week. This is like, you know, we talked about this with the Rams. Like, they had their flat spot against the Lions, and then they come out and they, they beat the, the Texans so bad that they end up sitting on the starters and still almost lose the cover. I think they did lose the cover depending on what, where, the, where you yeah. got the number. Uh, but – like this is probably the game where Buffalo just, like you said, keeps their foot on the gas and cruises because they had their flat spot last week and still covered. They still covered with the, like the flattest performance I've seen this side of like Pittsburgh when they came out and that, that was it that second half against Pittsburgh where they just did absolutely nothing uh, for like yeah. the entire half. Like, and they still covered a, a, a double digit spread. So yeah, this is like, if I just, if this was like an ugly six pack card, uh, it, it's not. It's actually a pretty good one. Um, but I, if this is like one of those ugly six-pack cards like a couple weeks ago when I went 0-3, I would have probably just taken the Bills minus 14 and a half and just like, you know, just like, okay, they're probably going to blow them out more often than not. So like, I just, I see no hope in this Jaguars team. Uh, but but uh, that's going to do it for the best of the rest. Let's finish it up with our Survivor Pool pick of the week. The Survivor Pool Pick of the Week. Oh, no. All right, Spec, I think I know where you're going this week. And, I mean, if, there might be a chance for me to win this year if, if you're going where I think you're going. Yep. Uh, I'm going <laughs> with the Miami Dolphins oh. uh, against the Houston Texans. <laughs> the Look, I mean, I look at who is out there this week. And when, you know, I thought about the Ravens. But I'm trying to keep – I'm trying to just get as far as I can by keeping the best teams in my back pocket. And I've gotten there so far. A lot of high-wire acts. This one might be another one. But I'm okay with going down with the Dolphins here at home against the Texans, close to a seven-point favorite. I'm never going to use the Dolphins again. I know that for sure. Um, you know, they, they host the Jets. Who knows? Mike White Nation. That would be the only other spot December 19th. 
the only possible one that you would ever even think about using the Dolphins the rest of the way. So, yeah, Dolphins, two a time, baby. And by the way, I went down in almost every – what was the game? I went down in, like, all of my survivor pools um, because the Dolphins – Yes. The 49ers, 43-17. to 17. Um, And that was, like, week five or six. I was – devastated i don't know where that performance came from but they ended up the 49ers were at home they lost by like 28 points 26 points um but yeah i'm scared this is a team that i sold i've been low on all year i have their season win total under i hate them i hope tyler i hope tyler taylor doesn't doesn't play but uh, i have to do it there's no other team i really can justify going with that's going to be a great soundbite. Whether they win or lose, it's just going to be like that. I hate them. That was perfect. Uh, I'm going to go with the, I'm going to go with the Colts here. Thursday night. We talk about it short week. They're the better team. It's tough. Thursday night favorites by a touchdown or more are 42 and 22 against the spread. That's against the spread. 66%, uh, you know, since Thursday night football started back up again in our bet labs database. So that's just against the spread. So I, I like the Colts to get back on the right side. I think the Jets, you know, maybe they could keep it a little closer than, than we think. But, uh, you know, they could all, we could also have a blowout here. I mean, the Jets were down 31-20, you know, wait in that game against Cincinnati. So it's not like, you know, this team is suddenly just, you know, knocking – it's like this David knocking off Goliath all of a sudden. Um, you know, they, they could, they'll get lucky here and there. But, you know, we saw it after – they, the Titans win. They came out and they lost a couple after that one. So going with the Colts here, I think this might be my best chance of the year. Uh, if I'm going to beat you in Survivor, this might be it right here. Either that or we just both yeah. go down. That, that could also very well happen. <laughs> yeah, I can't go. I can't go down fading Mike White and after what he did for me last <laughs> week. And and I will say that I thought about the Colts, but I hate Thursday night football. The Colts play the Jags at home next week. So that is my spot that I have the Colts circled for. So if I do make it, I'll have the Colts. I'll wait till next week to see where you end up going since you burnt the Colts and hopefully I'm still alive to use them. You know, the Jaguars are going to beat the Colts next week. Like we fully know the Jag, like that's a, that's a perfect Colts like letdown spot. Like they'll come back, beat the Jets that everyone thought their season was over after they lose to Tennessee, Tennessee will get hammered by the Rams. The Colts will beat the Jets. They're like, okay, maybe we have a chance. And then they'll go lose to the Jaguars calling it now, calling it now, but uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, this has been Stop a putting show. this out in the universe, man. <laughs> I, all my survivor pools first... are still alive. And we got... <laughs> this is my first positive thing I've said about the Jags. Are you going to tell me to stop? <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for our Week 9 Action Network podcast. You can follow all of our picks in the award-winning Action Network app. Just search for Sunday Six Pack in the follow feature. You can find Stucky on Twitter, at Stucky2. You can find me on Twitter at Chris Raybon, and you can find us at those same handles in the Action Network app where you can follow all of our bets and track yours. Check out actionnetwork.com for all of our write-ups. Stucky and I do a primetime write-up every week. Fantasylabs.com for our DFS content tools and models. Until next week, let's get this money. Go Niners.